0: Everybody, welcome back to Beer & Money, I am Ryan Birklow and I'm Alex Collins. And Happy New Year! Yes, uh, Happy New Year. I think many of us are ready for 2020 to be over, and uh, excited for 2021 to be here.
1: Yes, uh, yeah, I think that's been the case for most of the year, Ryan.
0: <laughs> so, on today's episode, we thought, obviously we're financial planners, so, We're going to bring the financial planning aspect into New Year's resolutions. And so for today's (laughs) episode, we're going to talk about three steps to creating a simple financial plan for the new year. Keyword, simple, because I think our industry does a really good job of making it complicated, Alex. Yes, we do. So let's simplify. So let's, let's jump right in here. Um, and before we, we list number one, let, let's give some some data I think or our background to number one here. And uh, you know, most people would probably s- s- expect uh, a budget. Create a budget. Step one. <laughs> um, sure.
1: Uh, and the thing is, is that everyone hates budgets. Nobody actually ever pays attention to their budget. And, and the the. The best way that we've found to to going about and creating this is to flip the script on this and to, to talk about it from a standpoint of, okay, what are the things that we want to do and let's prioritize that first and then let's fill in all the rest. You know, you and I have talked quite a few times about how as Americans, our, our financial world is essentially a fishbowl. And the, the bigger our income is, the bigger our fishbowl is, and the bigger our expenses become. And, and it's, it's just natural. Like How big does a goldfish get? Exactly as big as the bowl allows it to. And, and so it's same type of concept here is, is let's create an intentional sp- uh, plan on what we're going to spend money on and have that revolve around what our priorities are in life.
0: Yeah. Budgeting is a four, four letter word. Um, I hate it and most, most Americans hate it. So step one, we're flipping the script, if you will, as, as Alex so eloquently stated, uh, and step one is draft a conscious spending plan. Right. And, rather than focusing on how much you need to save or focusing on the the budget side of things how much you can spend and, and looking at it from that standpoint what you need what we suggest you do is okay what money's coming in the door what values and priorities do you have for your life this year and 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 next year and and, and into the future and look at it from a standpoint of okay based on that philosophy and that vision now let's at, okay, where do you consciously want to put your money or spend your money?
1: Yeah, and so the, the, well, let's start with the things that we can't avoid, right? Let's start with the big rocks, things like taxes. not not that we love taxes, but we have to go ahead and, and take into account taxes when we when we uh, structure this stuff our, our mortgage, all of the payments that we're required to make. Now, don't put what you're currently paying. Don't put any extra payments. Just just put minimum. Like, hey, this is what I am required to pay. And then start filling in the other aspects. Fill in the things of like, okay, how much does it cost to to run the house? Like, what are the things that we want to do in 2021? And I I know for a lot of folks, take a vacation is probably going to be fairly high up on the list okay, so what type of vacation are we thinking about doing? And let's actually plan for that and set that aside. And one of the other things that really should be built into this, and this should be one of the things that that folks really want to do, and that is to prioritize savings. Well, what you and I talk about and, and suggest to folks is the right number is 20% of your, of your pay. So if you can figure out making that work, then that would be a suggestion for one of the rocks that you put in your conscious spending plan.
0: Yeah. If you were to break out your, the ratio that we're talking about here from an income standpoint, take your gross income, 50% of that money should go to uh, your basic expenses and taxes, the bills that you owe, right? Right. The next thirty percent should be lifestyle or overpayment on debts that you owe, like combination of that, and then the last twenty percent is that savings aspect that Alex just broke down. Right,
1: I would I would argue that the first twenty percent goes to to uh, savings, and then
0: fair pay yourself first, right? Flipping it on us. So same same percentages, just different order, and that's what allows you. So essentially that 20%, once you've paid yourself, right. If, if your basic expenses are low, then spend the rest of the money. Fine. Right. I can enjoy life. That's what we've been talking. We've had several episodes talking about that exact concept. Yeah. And it, it
1: very much has to be that, that balance between enjoying life now and enjoying life in the future. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if we don't enjoy how, <laughs> if we don't enjoy life now, um, then it's not going to matter for the future.
0: For those of you who are listening, Alex literally just hurt himself uh, while we're recording this. So, So draft a conscious spending plan, prioritize savings. That's step one. So jumping to step two, which Alex and I had a conversation around this maybe being number one, but we landed on this being number two, and that is protect your income. Yeah.
1: So with, without your income, none of the rest of this matters, right? Like as Americans, the, the vast majority of us, as soon as our income goes away, we wind up in trouble in a hurry. And whether that is like having to tap into assets that we don't want to at uh, penalty, possible, uh, possibly inopportune times, things of that nature, or illiquid assets – um, that are hard to, to turn into cash flow, if our income goes away during our working years, we are in a world of hurt very quickly. Um, and so that's that's why this is a, such a big priority and why it's so important. Um, and like we've talked about this quite a few times as well, Ryan, but protect from the worst threats first. What can make your income go to zero um, or you know, have a significant impact on your income? And let's protect against that. and and then build backwards from there.
0: And I'm sure many of you are listening, you know, that, that made sense. I've never actually talked to anyone where they told me that that didn't make (laughs) sense. But the next question out of their mouth is, which is interesting that they ask the question, they go, okay, how much of the income should I protect? And like without missing a beat, I'm like, well, how much of your income do you currently want or need? And again, I've yet to meet it. someone that, said, that hasn't said all of it, right? Like even if the, the money you're saving, you could maybe make an argument saying, well, I don't need that money. Well, you do for your future self. So you're still utilizing that money in some capacity. So yeah, Great. protect all of your income. And as Alex said, protect from worse threats first. Like imagine taking even a 20%, shoot, a 10% pay cut. How would that affect your current lifestyle? It's going to be painful. Right. You know, maybe you make a good amount of money and you save a good amount of money. Well, that's a lot of lot, that might be a lot less savings or less lifestyle. Right. So maybe that trip to the Cayman Islands that you do every year doesn't occur.
1: Right. And I mean, the reason why we, we settled on this being number two is that without having gone through number one, we have no idea what is actually there to be able to be used for protecting our income. We don't have a sense of how important it is to protect our income. Like these these concepts, like that's why we started with understanding what what our income does for us. Then once we understand that, now we can protect it.
0: Yeah, it's it's literally the very thing you're protecting was your conscious spending plan. <laughs> Yep. So, which takes us to number three, Alex, and we're we're calling it creating liquidity. And I'll just quickly define liquidity. It's it's access to money in a quick period of time, meaning probably twenty four hours or less. Yeah, and I and mean, essentially what this is
1: designed to do is like we know that life is going to happen. We know that you know your teenage son or daughter is going to crash the car. And that, like, none, none of that's very fun, but, like, we need to have the dollars on hand to be able to make it so that the car goes again. Like, we're going to have a family member that has some emergency that requires us to fly across the country or to, you know, send money. Like, hopefully we're not listening to, you know, the emails that say, hey, I'm trapped in a foreign country, please send me money. Like, don't do that. But we're talking about real life existence or real real life examples of that type of a concept where we've got a family member who, you know, they're, they're in trouble because of X, Y, or Z. I I mean, I can't tell you how many times, you know, we've heard stories like that, especially this year because of dealing with things like COVID where, and whether it's our own families, whether it's um, clients, families, where, you know, folks are scrambling to try and figure out, hey, how do I how do I accomplish this? How do I how do I help
0: this person? And I'm going to put the positive spin on what you just said because there's a bunch of negative stuff that that could occur in life. There's also a bunch of positive stuff that can occur in life. Like, how many of you driving right now, wherever you're listening, have ever said, man, if I just had the extra cash, I would do this. Yeah. Well, to have the extra cash means you have to have that liquidity because you need access to that money right so sitting on cash isn't a bad thing C- contrary to what maybe many people have read in terms of this battle with rate of return or my money could do better elsewhere we're not suggesting that all of your money be in cash so maybe we need to put that in the compliance disclosure alex like we are not <laughs> suggesting this <laughs> oh i'm sure it's going to be there Ryan. it's like I'm I'm getting frustrated with with seeing a bunch of stuff out there when they're comparing something like, oh, all of your money sitting here versus here, you could do way better way over here because of rate of return. Well, it, life doesn't work that way. You Correct. will never have like, no one's ever sat down with me and said, hey Ryan, I want all of my money in one basket.
1: Mm, we did have one client who kind of said something similar to that. Uh, They were really young and we're talking about having like a super, super long time horizon. Um, But even that client wasn't really thinking all the way through of like, well, I still need money in my checking and savings and blah, blah, blah. Um, But yeah, I mean like there's, and there's been great examples this year. Uh, Like we had a client who on a, a, on a Lark found a dream home for them And because of what was going on with COVID, it was less expensive for them. It was within reach for a couple of reasons. One, their home had appreciated in value because uh, of the situation and circumstances of of their home. And their dream home had actually come down. That combined with with, uh, interest rates doing what they did really made it possible for this person to to take advantage of that situation and be able to accomplish what they wanted
0: to. So having that liquidity, right? Or you know, some of you might be thinking of this being an emergency fund. Yes, we're talking about having a basic emergency fund, but we're also talking about having liquidity even more so outside of that. Not all of your money again, but having extra money to have access to allows just that ultimate flexibility, which everyone says they want, yet they don't do.
1: Correct. And what, what we're really looking for is we're looking for uh, access to funds in a relatively short period of time, two, three weeks or less. We need to have a certain amount of it available, as Ryan said, within 24 hours. Above and beyond that, like it doesn't need to actually be in cash. A home equity line of credit could be a great way of creating a portion of it. Now, we absolutely have to have some amount sitting in cash that's readily available. You know, a home equity line of credit could be a good backup plan for that. Um, But we don't really want it to be—we don't want it to be reliant upon uh, this concept that we talked about of of uh, market based assets, where the value of what we can get access to fluctuates based on other people's opinions. We don't—we don't want that because that then introduces a tremendous amount of variable um, due to things that are outside of our control.
0: So that was step three, creating liquidity, right? And just as a real quick recap of those three steps, step number one, draft a conscious spending plan, prioritizing that 20% towards savings, protect your income and protect it fully. And then lastly, as we just went over, creating liquidity, which takes us, Mr. Collins, to question of the day.
1: Hi, with it being New Year's, we figured we would ask the question, what is your New Year's financial? resolution. So head on over to beerandmoney.net and scroll down. There's a place for you to submit an answer to your question of the day. Uh, if you want to reach out and have a conversation with myself or with Ryan, uh, if there's a topic that you want us to cover on an upcoming podcast, by all means, let us know, drop us a line. Well, we're happy to help. Um, one thing I think that uh, we're going to maybe do a little bit differently today with the question of the day is we're going to go ahead and answer our own question of the day.
0: So Ryan, what's, what is your financial New Year's resolution? Uh, my financial New Year's resolution is to create uh, that down payment for the Maui property that I will own in the near future. Awesome. What about yours? Uh, a
1: little while ago, uh, you'd asked me a, co- a series of questions that, that made me realize I am not currently saving 20% of my income. My goal for 2021 is to get back to the point where I'm saving 20% of my income.
0: Perfect. So we're looking forward to hearing your all's resolutions, send them over our way. We hope this episode was valuable. And as always, Alex. Cheers.
2: Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. All investments and investment strategies contain risk and may lose value. Ryan and Alex are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities LLC. OSJ 333 North Indian, with Wheelbart, Fairmont, California, 9179. 909 399 1100. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities and their SIPC. Financial representatives of the Guardian of Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, and the US and Park Avenue Securities is a firm subsidiary of Guardian. Funified financial partners do not control.